0: So if you're listening to this and you're in sales, then uh, how about this? What if I could share with you, via a guest on this week's podcast, a proven framework that would increase your win rates, that would shorten the decision cycles that your buyers have, and also that you don't display any of those salesy behaviours that buyers hate? Have I got your interest? Great stuff, because that's what this week's podcast is going to be all about. Welcome everybody. This is Trevor Lee, and this is episode 211 of the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast. Now, on today's show, I've got a global sales guru, a top podcaster, and he's also an entrepreneur. Andy Paul has just launched a great new book called "Sell Without Selling Out," and on the show to on the show this week, Andy's going to share with you some great stuff. That will, you know, he talks about saying goodbye to tired scripts and pushy pitches and all that and embrace innate human behaviors. So I think you're going to find this episode fascinating with Andy. It's great stuff. And Andy's own podcast, Sales Enablement. Well, he's delivered over a thousand episodes. (laughs) I say this is episode 211. He's done well over a thousand. So I think you're going to have a great time on this show this week. So without further ado, let's go over and say hello to Andy. Andy, great to have you on the show. It's fantastic for you to be here. Thank you very much for coming along. Well, thanks for inviting me. Now, Andy, you're—I know that you're a podcast man yourself, and and, yes. and with sales enablement, which I'll put a, a link to the show notes in. Which uh, sure, are over a thousand episodes. I mean, my, my <laughs> makes my two hundred odd episodes look like nothing at all, Andy. I mean, that's an amazing achievement. You know? Yeah. Gosh, we're up to thousand forty six or something. Um, yeah, it's
1: the virtue of doing something for a long time
0: yeah. and doing it consistently. Fantastic. So we been doing it for seven years. Wow, fantastic! I noticed we've we've had a recently. You've had a couple of uh, crossover guests, Nicholas Vandenberg and Alex Goldfine. I've had a little chat with oh, those on the show at some point yeah. over here. So yeah. <laughs> Great oh, yeah. I had a
1: great chat. I love Nicholas. He's been on the show a couple times at least. And um, yeah, great perspective.
0: Yeah, really good. Now, what we're here to talk about today is sell without selling out. And you describe that yes. as a proven framework to increase win rates and shorten decision cycles without, this is the bit I love, the salesy behaviors buyers hate. <laughs> so what's this right. all about, Andy? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, let's start with this premise of what you know, what is selling out, right? So for many sellers, that is when they put their, let's start basically, the basic, it's when they put their own interest ahead of those of the buyers. And where that comes about is typically when we train sellers that, hey, your job is to go out and persuade somebody to buy your product. And when you, when you push people down that road, suddenly it's like they're selling hammer and everybody's a nail, right? It doesn't really matter what the requirements are. My job is to persuade them to buy this product. Um, And so when you have that mindset sort of leads on the path of engaging these salesy behaviors that buyers hate, you know, sort of the manipulative techniques, the pushy, the borderline ethical things that sellers do. The contrast to that is what I call selling in, which is based on like four pillars uh, of innate human values, you know, connection, curiosity, understanding and generosity and how you apply those to. Go out and listen to your buyer, understand the things that are most important to them in terms of the challenges they face and the outcomes they want to achieve by addressing those challenges, and then most importantly, help them get that. And so it's a whole different approach to how you deal with your buyer.
0: I do you think, Andy, that sales on that basis, uh, you know, around the salesy behaviors, as you say, that buyers hate, the pushy stuff and all that, that it's it's kind of created a, a natural barrier for us as buyers when we when we when we hear when we when we get a phone call or when we get an email from someone who's obviously a seller. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, do the barriers yes. go up? We think we're just going to get pushed into trying to do this, you know,
1: right. And so, I cited in the book research from. Uh, a professor at Wharton School of Business in the United States at Jonah Berger, written a book called the catalyst research shows. He's found his book that universally as human beings, we resist being persuaded. I mean, it's just, it's called persuasion reactants and we universally, we all have it. So it's like, well, okay, well then somewhat facetiously, you can say, well, it makes a lot of sense. Then we spend billions of dollars a year trying to train sellers to do just that. Right. The one thing that buyers hate, let's train them all to do it. So, Let's wake up. Let's stop doing the things that don't work and let's try a different approach.
0: So, tell us about the, you know, what you call the four sell in pillars then. You've just described right. them briefly, but uh, tell us a little bit about those.
1: Well, if you start with the assumption that these selling out behaviors are basically learned behaviors, right? We teach people how to do that. Is selling is based on, us human values, natural, innate human behaviors. We're wired to want to connect to people. We evolved out of tribal beings. You know, we, we want to know people that, that uh, we're dealing with. It's that connection that leads to trust. We are wired to be curious. That's how we navigate, you know, sort of the the world, unfamiliar world, and the ambiguities of life that we we encounter. We're wired to want to understand, so it makes sense of what it is that we're we're learning. And we're wired to give and be generous because it makes us feel good. So it's it's if you base this approach on, like I said, these innate human behaviors, what you going to do is create an experience for the buyer that differentiates you from the seller that's selling out. Well, and and just uh, research has shown that, you know, the majority of the buyer's criteria they use for making a decision is based on their experience with the individual seller, right? And so this really becomes the most important thing you can do as a salesperson is to create these positive experiences with buyers.
0: Do you think, Andy, this is where, you know, we live in a digital age, but people still buy from people? Is that still, you know, a big part of, of what we're involved in here?
1: Well, it's entirely it right, is a lot of people would like to take the seller out of the equation, but in a business to business sense, um, yeah, actually you can make the argument that the sellers become more important the more digital we become. Because if you assume that the digital experiences are going to be somewhat the same, then how do you differentiate yourself? And it'll become based on the basis of the experience with the humans that you're, uh, that are selling your product.
0: So why are so many salespeople still using, you know, what we, what you you know, your term as the uh, kind of, to a degree, outdated methods, the persuasive method? Is right. it simply because the whole, whole of the business to business sector can't get its head around doing anything different?
1: <laughs> well, I think that if you again, you start with the, the assumption that your job is to go out and persuade somebody to buy your product, uh, sort of irrespective of what they think their needs are and so on then yeah, you're going to default to those types of behaviors. But there's another reason too, which is I think that oftentimes this is put on to sellers by their managers. And managers have a responsibility on this is, you know, think about it. Is you know, salesperson goes out, establishes a, a strong connection with the buyer. They're marching on path to uh, the buyer making a decision at a certain point. But you know, that point in time is a little too far out for this manager. The manager needs to make their number this month. So they tell the seller, look, go out, get the deal this week. Do what you have to do to get it. So you go out and talk to the buyer and suddenly the mind's the buyer. Oh, I thought you were to help me. But here, you're just really here to get an order on your terms. So you're just being very transactional. Fine. I might still buy from you this time, but yeah, maybe not.
0: And do you think therefore that, you know, as you say, you know, we've got to get the target this month, that becomes the number one priority. And that ultimately, you know, creates the situation we find ourselves in when we've got this buyer-seller relationship.
1: (sighs) Yeah, but it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, part of this, is we train we train our buyers, right? To expect, hey, come the last two days of the month, we're going to get better deals for you. You can untrain buyers. They don't have to, you don't have to set up your process that way. Uh, but also if you're working with the buyer, as I described in the book, through selling in, is you're actually creating a scenario where you can actually compress the buyer's decision cycle. And right. the point then and then is just, yeah, you, know, you need to have a sufficient number of good opportunities, qualified opportunities in your pipeline. And you take a lot of the anxiety out of this end of the month thing.
0: And how do how do you recommend that you know salespeople listening to this, Andy, would start to go about making that happen?
1: Well, it all starts with with you, right? You gotta understand it's all about you and listening to your buyers. So you have to sort of change how you start to con- even connect with your buyers, right? Is are you're dealing with a person. A person's gonna make a decision to buy from you as a human. And so to start something simple is when you meet somebody for the first time, they're evaluating you. They're, they're asking this question. Why, why you, I talk about in the book, the why you question, you know, why should I invest my time in you? Why should I take advice from you? Why should I let you influence me? And the way you answer that question is how they experience you. you know, when you show up, are you really interested in them? Or are you only interested in as people in the state expression here in the states is, you know, do they sense you have commission breath, right? Um, <laughs> So just something simple is how do you you connect with somebody? How do you build rapport? How do you find establish a little common ground? How do you show that you're interested in them and in doing so make yourself interesting to them? And the simplest way to think about it as a seller, when you think about this initial point of contact and creating a good first impression with the buyer, you know, you can show up and pitch, show up and throw up as we talk about, or, you know, do you know how to make a friend? It's not too much your buyer to be a friend at all. It's not that you want to be friendly with them, but the motion you do to go through to connect with someone the first time is a lot like making a friend in a social situation. I mean, if I were to meet you in a social situation, I probably wouldn't spend the first minute or two talking about myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and trying to get you to do something, right? Give me your number so I can put you in my friend funnel. Um, no, I wouldn't do that. I would ask a question about you, Right. Hey, when did you move to this area? What what brought you here? So on and so forth. Start establishing some common ground.
0: And do you think ultimately, Andy, that is the crux of where where it could where it's at in terms of the you know the, the salespeople who are going to succeed going forward are much better at establishing that connection, but particularly about asking questions about me, the buyer, mm-hmm. rather than, you know. Just talking about themselves. Cause who, you know, loads of them just want to talk about themselves, don't they? I mean, we all get emails yeah. every day saying how brilliant somebody is, and they just want to say, I can solve this for you, and I can do that. They don't even know I've got a problem. Right. And you're never
1: gonna know unless you said build that connection with somebody. And so for me, it's I write about in the book is you know, a simple little drill that anybody can use, which is I call it the ask five rule. So when you meet somebody for the first time, you can practice this in social situations so you can get good at it in business, is see if you can ask five questions of that person before you have to state anything about yourself.
0: That's a great challenge. There you go, listeners. Try that one. Five questions before you dive into talking about yourself. That's right. really good. And if
1: you can do that, what you're demonstrating is, yeah, I'm building this muscle that says, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about you, and I'm interested in you, the person of the buyer. I want to learn about you before I have to say anything about myself because what can I say that's relevant to you if I don't understand what's important to you?
0: So if if I've asked two questions, Andy, and then the uh, buyer gives me two answers, but then comes back with a question about me, should I divert? Should I do the politicians? You know, ignore the question and ask another question? <laughs> uh,
1: sometimes maybe it might be the right thing to do, right? As as you know, we. <sighs> every situation we get into is unique, right? As a seller, and this is the thing you have to, it's really hard for some salespeople to understand is that they wanna make everything be sort of a cookie cutter approach. Everything's the same, it's not. You're dealing with a unique individual, uh, how they perceive information, receive information, process information to be different from the next person. You have to make that decision as a business professional, say, yeah, maybe two questions was enough here. And this is, sim. You know, I'm getting the clues from this person I really need to answer and not divert. I've done both, right? In some cases I'll say, well, let me ask you one more question about this, right? And get more specific, maybe about veer away from them and then get it specifically into the business, right? Because the first few questions really should be about them as a human. And then you can start talking about them as the the buyer. Yeah, you know, people have a, two really pr- primary resources they can invest in you and that is their time and their attention. Right. And they're making a calculation. If I invest my time and attention in you, am I gonna get a return on that investment? And so they're asking that question, why you? and it's asked about us multiple times a day not just by customers by people we are meeting at work people we need to work with perhaps somebody you need to collaborate with on a project at work why you and so you have to be able to answer that question and I said it's they don't you don't verbalize the answer it's they experience you right are you trustworthy you know, are you interested in them you know are you there to listen are you just listening to respond or are you listening to understand? Mm -hmm. You know, all these steps you go through, the buyer's making an assessment. Are you prepared? That's a simple one, right? Have you done a little bit of homework? You know, I'd like to tell a story about, someone (laughs) who reached out to me, this happened to me twice now, Um, reached out to me on LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. and um, said, hey, Andy, just looking at your profile. And I think based on what I see on your profile, you'd be a great candidate to start a podcast. <laughs> and, and the first time this happened, I couldn't resist. I had to respond to the person because my podcast is, it is my profile at that time up until a month ago or now it's about my my new book. But you know, this person reached out to me, it's all about my podcast. And I said, uh, you know, if you had spent just five seconds looking at my, pod, my profile which what you claimed you did, you'd know that I already have a podcast. And the response back to me was, yeah, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. So what you're doing when you say that is you're making the decision that the way the buyer is going to experience you is as somebody who's unprepared and really doesn't care. So you create that impression. What are the odds they're going to do business with you? Pretty low.
0: That's amazing, isn't it, really? I mean, I've touted on this podcast um, uh, the, the 70% B2B buying decision thing, which I've I've seen several times over the last three or four years, where in the B2B sector, allegedly – 70% of buyers are making decisions about where to buy without any contact because it's all about what they're doing in the profile. Now, I can't imagine that if I was going to, you know, come and pitch to you that you wouldn't have looked me up first and, you know, read a bit about me and vice versa. And as you say, I'm always amazed still that people come in cold and ask you ridiculous questions about yourself and your business, which they clearly should know. And it takes, these days,
1: it takes minimal effort to be able to do that. It does. Yeah. The study said a book was published in spring of 2020. I had the guests on my show. Their survey showed 82% of buyers looked at a seller's LinkedIn profile before they speak to them for the first time. That being the case, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Uh, If they have time to look at your profile, you certainly have time to look at theirs.
0: Well, absolutely. And it's extraordinary, isn't it? Now, When you're working with salespeople, I imagine you do Mm. what you, presumably you Mm. do work with salespeople and sales companies. Mm. How do you, how do you make them make this transition then from where they are now to, to following a slightly different route, but obviously a more sensible, more obvious route.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It really starts with leadership, right? Is leadership has to be enrolled in this idea that it can't just, it can't all be about the process. This is still about people first and foremost, and we've had sort of this, this trend in the last 10, 15 years where managers tend to default to just the metrics and wanting to manage metrics, right? How many calls did you make? How many emails did you send? As opposed to what's, what was the quality of the calls that you made, right? Is, and so there's blanket assumption is look, if you need to close five deals this month then you need to have 25 deals in your pipeline, which is pretty standard, you know, five times coverage. And it's like, well, what about the person who only needs well, two times coverage, right? But they're trying to make everybody fit into the same mold. And this is this is a problem that I address in the book is that as a seller, you just, that's going to force you into behaving in ways that you're not comfortable with. Then you need to push back and say, look, no, I think there's a better way to do this. I think I can get this done differently. So you're going to hold yourself accountable. But you say, look, I'm going to achieve this goal. I don't need to have five five opportunities in my pipeline for every one I need to close. I only need to have two in there, and I'll show you how. And as a seller, you need to take responsibility for your future because no one cares about your career as much as you do. You need to put yourself in a position where you can experiment and find out how you need to sell to become the best version mm-hmm. of yourself.
0: Do you think, therefore, the challenge is, is the cultural one, the leadership, the sales leadership cultural mm-hmm. challenge, adapting to the, adapting and thinking differently? Yeah, well, I think that's where it starts. Right. Is,
1: is if managers aren't willing to give people the autonomy to go out and experiment and give them the agency over the choices they make about how they should sell, then yeah, we might as well have machines sell because at that point, you know, the experience is all going to be the same.
0: What's it like selling to you then, Andy? What happens when someone uh, comes and tries to sell to you? I know you mentioned about the podcast, but, um, you know, what, what, I mean, uh, yeah. Do, do they? Do, are you generous in your learning with them? And, you know, when they've made all the mistakes and then uh, do, you, do you steer them in a, in a direction? How do you play that one? I'll be fascinated today.
1: Sometimes. I mean, I don't, have, I don't have time to do it for everybody. No, no. I won't tell, it's, you know, that, that you know, the great buying experiences I've had have come from sort of unexpected sources. I, yeah. Everybody always talks badly about car salespeople. Well, last three years ago when I got my last car, the salesperson was incredible. Right? I would match that him up in any industry. He'd been capable of being good anywhere he was. Yeah. When people do well, I compliment them because even today, I mean, people that I uh, have people that have, have pitched me on something uh, like, a young guy that uh, wasn't the business wasn't really for me but it's such a great job of pitching and preparing that you know I invited him onto my podcast as a guest <laughs> because I wanted to reward him for doing such a great job
0: fantastic yeah in a second or two I'm going to ask you to give our listeners a couple of th- tips Andy that they could do and take away straight away and use and obviously um, um hopefully uh, get in touch with you but how do they uh, let's talk about that actually before I ask you for those tips so how do people get in touch with you and how do they get a hold of a copy of, of sell without selling out
1: well, they can buy the book anywhere they buy books. It's available, whether it's uh, online or in your favorite bookstore. Um, they can reach me at uh, on LinkedIn. It's probably the easiest place. Okay. And uh, yeah, search me. I'm, I'm very active there. And uh, come to my website, andypaul.com. You can download a free chapter of the book if you want. And we also have a fun self-assessment you can take that says, okay, if if selling out and selling in sit at opposite ends of a spectrum, where do I sit on that spectrum between selling out and selling in? And it's just a fun little data point to give yourself um going forward.
0: And that's a self-assessment tool that listeners could find on your website and download yep. and have a go at it if they want to. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It takes five minutes. Max. Five minutes.
0: Right, there you go, listeners. I suggest you all do that because um I think you might be surprised by what you might find. And no doubt Andy's got <laughs> lots of solutions for you. Um but, uh, yeah, get hold of a copy of the book, Sell Without Selling Out, um, and I'll put uh, all the details in the show notes uh, to remind people as to uh, what, it, what it's called and, and where, we, where they might be able to get it from as well. So, Andy, it's been great having you on the show. Now, what about a couple of top tips for our listeners to take away and sure. get cracking on as soon as they've listened to the end of this podcast, think, right, come on, let me do this now and it'll make a difference.
1: Well, I gave you one already with the ask five rule, uh, see if you can ask five questions before you have to say something about yourself. When you first meet somebody, um, you know, a couple other quick ones service one in a similar vein is, is again, if you're sort of in this mode of talking about you and what you do and so on is when you're getting ready to say something as a sort of statement of fact, pose it as a question instead. So instead of you're, feel this urge to talk about your product, let's say, and say, we can do, let's say feature ABC. We can do ABC. Well, maybe stop, pause for a second, and say, huh, well, yeah, maybe I should ask that as a question. So what would, the, what would the value be for you if we could do ABC? Now, the buyer understands <laughs> that you can do ABC, <laughs> right? Because you posed it in a question, so you don't have to tell them it as a fact, but now you've engaged them in a conversation. So what would the impact be for you or what would the value be for you if you could do ABC? It's a great way to sort of break out of this mode of just sort of you talking all the time as, as pose statement of facts, as questions.
0: Great stuff. That's a really top tip. Right. There you go, listeners. And I'll make uh, a mention of those in the show notes as well. Um, so Andy, it's been fantastic having you on the podcast. I really appreciate time your time. On? And uh, don't forget, listeners, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, over a thousand episodes to choose from. So tremendous amount of of information available to you on your usual podcast app. So uh, do do look Andy's podcast up as well. Andy, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I, I hope that if you're a salesperson or indeed a sales leader that you'll have picked up lots of great tips and ideas from Andy, including, you know, those two top tips right at the end about asking five questions before you say anything about yourself, try it. Do you think you you could get to five? I suspect most people will struggle to get past two. So come on, let's put it down there as a challenge for our listeners to see whether we can get to five. And if you do, well, maybe, you know, contact Andy and let him know or drop me a note at the podcast as well. And then, you know, the other top tip that Andy gave, you know, instead of uh, posing a statement that you want to get over, a big statement of fact about you, then pose it as a question. Reword it. Just think about it. You know, people are more interested in that, aren't they, if you ask them a question than if you deliver a statement. So anyway, there we go. And in the show notes, you can find out how to buy Andy's book, Sell Without Selling Out. Now, talking of books, I've still got a couple of copies of the of the early versions of 12 Business Lessons from running an ultramarathon to give away. It's my own book. It talks about uh, how I did an ultramarathon last year and the business lessons I learned from it. Now, I'm very happy I've got a few I've allocated to give away to listeners of this podcast all you've got to do is leave a review, simple as that, on your usual podcast app. But all you then send me a screenshot, just screenshot it to show me the review. Send it to me at podcast at uk. And if I've got any left, I'll send you a copy of the book wherever you happen to be. So I'll look forward to doing that. Now, on next week's show, we're going to talk about podcasts on episode 212. So if you're out there thinking, hey, maybe I should do a podcast because you're a podcast listener. and I'm sure it's crossed your mind to thinking maybe you should do your own podcast. You might be an individual or if you're part of a bigger organization, a corporate business or whatever, you may be thinking maybe we should, as a corporate organization, start doing a podcast. Well, on next week's show, I've got Paratna Sibol. Now, Paratna works for a, a podcast, a B2B podcast agency, agency in Singapore called Pick Allen Co., And Paratna is going to share with you some really great tips and ideas to help you think more carefully about launching your own podcast and actually doing it. So that's going to be a great show. It's slightly different to our normal things, but we are a podcast show, so let's have someone talking about podcasts. So there we go. That will be on episode 212 coming out on April the 18th. So there we go. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, Trevor, I'd be a fantastic guest for your show, then, again, get in touch, podcast at treverlymedia.co.uk. Now, largely, this show, as you well know as a listener, is all about sharing tips and ideas that will help you be a better presenter and help you do more sales. It's what I do. It's what I coach people, it's how I train them, and you can find all the stuff about me on Uh That's treverlymedia.co.uk. If you need my help with any of your presenting or sales. But if you'd like to come on the podcast, then, drop me a note but tell me why you you know what value you're going to offer the listeners you get the score you know the sort of people who come on here if you've never been on a podcast before well why not you know you don't have to be a seasoned guest to come on it's very simple we'll do it on zoom it'll be very easy to do and uh, we'll make it happen so get in touch podcast at trevorlee until then thanks for listening see you next time